hello and welcome back to my podcast miss spirituality i hope everybody's doing well i have a guest today that has been on the show before but is back by popular demand thank you for joining this episode kevin thank you for inviting me back i really think that content that you're producing with the show is significant and I'm happy to support in any way I can. That's awesome. Thank you so much for supporting us. Um, I had a really great time the last time and I thought that what you had to share was very insightful and I could think of nobody else to do this podcast with me and this episode in particular than you. I think that the topic today is um, It affects us both on a personal level, and we've even created careers based off of this topic. Um, And today we are going to talk about spirituality um, and what it means to us as individuals and how our spiritual journey started and how we feel about it now. Yeah, it's a a conversation I was a little bit reluctant about at first. Um, Talking about one's own personal spiritual journey is um, almost taboo in some ways. It's almost contradictory to talk about one's self-growth as you're also trying to dissolve the self. But I think it's significant. I think it's important that certain stories are heard, certain voices are heard. I'm not saying my story is anything more significant than somebody else's, but I do think that this topic is something we've spent a lot of time with and it's worth hearing some voices on it. Definitely. And I specifically chose this topic because one, it is slightly taboo in some ways. And I feel like we do need to break that stigma of being open and being able to share our personal experiences. And also because I feel like spirituality in in terms of the word is very, um, it's, it's such a big word and it can embody many different things. And I think that when we talk about spirituality on a personal level um it's interesting to say that it has one meaning or another and i think it's important to hear multiple people's stories and their relationship with this word you know what i love about what you're saying right now is that in almost hearing you reflect it back i hear the word spirituality thrown on all the time people Mm -hmm. loose lipping their stories constantly and it's in some ways creating weird ideas of what spirituality might be or might not be and it's a very open-ended concept like you said but yeah it's unfortunate sometime when the dominant voice becomes an uneducated uninformed or imaginative concept and again i'm not trying to say that our story is any more significant than somebody else's but i think there's a lot of approaches and the more approaches that people can hear the more broad spectrum that this topic can be and the more approachable maybe it is for people who were um, thrown off or had a bad taste in their mouth. Definitely, and I feel like, I agree, this word has actually started to repel certain people that have been um, encouraged to explore their inner world. And because it's being overused or because like the word love, it's losing its value and people can use this word to manipulate and control other people. And so there is a dark side to spirituality. There's a dark side that winds up making this taboo. And we talked about that in our last uh, time we were together a little bit. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, the intention behind this podcast is to make spirituality approachable and also look at it from different takes on a personal level and not narrow it down to uh, a dogma or that it has to look one way but to be exposed to a lot of different ways spirituality shows up for people and how it can show up in this world so that we become more accepting of other people's stories and look at it in many different ways because i think there's definitely this one mind and one way of looking at what spiritual means or spirituality means this is that was really well said because it hits a few different ideas here um one thing is that one of the core values of my work is to make the spiritual approachable Mm -hmm. and that was one thing you just mentioned now so making the spiritual approachable is huge the other thing is that creating a hive mind or one mindset on this is spirituality and that isn't starts to turn it back into religion and i think that when somebody says i'm following a spiritual path they're almost distinctly saying i'm following a non-religious path and we can talk about that more later so um 
opening up and broadening the term itself, I think it's beautiful. Definitely, and I want people to associate something new and something different, maybe learn something new or something different when they hear this word or hear somebody's story or hear somebody refer to themselves as spiritual um, and not just look at it as a one size fits all. And I think that is both of our goals is to really expand and create a unified but a more diverse version of what spirituality means. I think that that almost sounds like an oxymoron contradiction, but it doesn't to me because I, I think I know what you're trying to say and correct me if I'm wrong. Spirituality is holistic. Mm -hmm. So as diverse as it is and as much as it branches out, it is still unified as a oneness. And right. I think that that's kind of what I'm hearing you say. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It is the ability to hold two concepts at one time. And this is where when we polarize things, we really reject the wholeness of that thing. So I think this is an important topic to get into. I think it's important to share our stories and I think that we should share a bit more and, and kind of make it approachable and see what spirituality really looks like to someone who is everyday. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Let's, let's do this. Let's get past this idea of personal boundaries and barriers, that idea of dissolving the ego, and let's just talk about what this looks like. Definitely. And I wanted to start out by reading the definition of spirituality from the Oxford Dictionary. It's a definition online, though, not from the actual book. Um, so I'm going to read that now. It says spirituality, the quality of being concerned with the human spirit or soul as opposed to material or physical things. It's funny. I think it's funny. The quality of being concerned with. Part of the spiritual path, um, from my understanding, is actually to not have anxiety and concern over things. It's to kind of remove that. So if it's the quality of being concerned as the first few words, I mean, that's nice. It's academic. It's academic and that's what they're doing. They're taking an academic approach. As an academic myself, I can appreciate that. If you're writing a course for a college study, um, I don't think that's the way I've seen this lived but maybe studied. It's a really um, dehumanized way of looking at it. It makes it very technical and cold, and it really almost cuts away the real meaning of it by minimizing it into this one sentence. Yeah, and, and something I think I'd like to comment on that is somebody who's kind of studied the, um, the background and language and words, um, not, not a whole lot, that's not my core background, but I've studied a little bit of spiritual words and language. Um, English is horrible for it. It's a very, it's not a good uh, place to work from. Mm -hmm. The English language is utilitarian. It's designed to be functional. Mm -hmm. um, it's not a romance language. It is not a poetic language. It's not a symbolic language. Mm -hmm. It's a functional utilitarian language. Yeah. So to get a pragmatic term for what spirituality is, like I can see where there'd be a little bit of a struggle on how do you say this using some of the words that are commonplace. Because you don't want to define a word with um, mysterious other words. So I, I guess they tried to do what they could to make it understandable to the broad general public. Sure. Um, but I guess as we've come to understand, to experience something, it's just not, you can't embody that alone with just I guess words don't tell an experience technicality or yeah semantics it really doesn't translate well as you said isn't it so yeah all right well that's interesting but it, what's interesting about that is that when it comes to observing something it's nice to have words that reflect what you're observing mm -hmm. however we mustn't take those terms like these uh, definitions and look at them as you know absolute i suppose yeah and i think that's where education and um like semantics and, and verbiage and all that stuff when people start arguing those things that really takes away the definition of what it's trying to explain it's a great point so um we also talked about how the spiritual path can be approached in many directions um, sure. what i think i've 
I would say with this is that um, they say that spiritual seeker goes through many phases. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first phases is dabbling around. You kind of hear something uh, here and there, and you just kind of are introduced. Sure. Uh, another phase of the spiritual path is to seek out knowledge and book study. Mm-hmm. You educate yourself. You learn from something. Yeah. Um, and you start to become really informed. And then that's, I think, where this is at. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the phase after that is to seek out spiritual teachers. Mm-hmm. Teachers that guide, they instruct, they give insight. You, with these teachers, ideally, you would actually make it out of a practice in your life. You mm-hmm. start to move into that practice, and one of the much later stages are finding um, master teachers. Um, there's so many words. Um, you can find sages, gurus, saints, guides. What a, I don't I don't know what words you want to use here. Um, I feel like it goes too many directions. But you find people that are true knowers. Mm-hmm. Um, Knower meaning one who has lived and experienced this. They know from the state of doing, being, experiencing. Not knowers like book studiers. Um, and then one finds that and they start to embark on their own spiritual journey, which is this journey of self-discovery and self-realization. And I, I really think that that's what we're kind of looking at here is how do you get those stepping stones along the way? Um because you can jump into this at any part of the journey. I mean, we don't know what your previous experience, your previous life is kind of bringing you, mm-hmm. bringing you with. And I think all experiences are valid. I think all, I think that when we are looking at this, we're looking at spirituality, when they're talking about it, you know, I feel like it's coming, this particular definition is coming from a very, um, linear way of looking at spirituality it doesn't embody all spirituality and we have to understand that spirituality especially teachings come from many different cultures and traditions and not all of them look at some spiritual practices will bring you closer to yourself by embodying everything and some spiritual practices will bring you closer to yourself by deleting or rejecting everything else so we we have to i guess is it is the modernization of spirituality where part of what our job is is to understand it and apply it but also respect the teachings and know that they're coming from many different sources and there are many different ways of explaining what spirituality is so we can actually go back to that question from the very beginning what is spirituality to you before we dive into how you get there yeah, so um, to, to me, spirituality is a journey. It's a journey of self-discovery. It is the path that you walk as you develop realizations in your own life. It is a long process. Um, I think it's a sense of finding otherness and realizing yourself in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a journey of be- getting lost in order to be found. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked previously and I think one of the other things that stood out to me was that um, there's this notion that you could be walking towards an end destination. Oh, I'm going to get to my goal. I'll get to my goal of enlightenment. Um, and to sit there and say, well, I need to go down this way to find my goal. It's not really a goal that we can arrive at by walking in one line and say, oh, it's right there. Because the goal is everywhere. It's ever moving. Um, it's omnipresent in a sense so to sit there and say i'm walking to my goal i can't veer off this path i don't think that's the spiritual path i think that's a religious path Mm -hmm. to walk in one line to try to get somewhere i think the spiritual path is to say i'm going to meander because no matter which way i turn i'm going to arrive at at discovery and that discovery will lead me to enlightenment so i I would say that kind of is the spiritual path interesting the quest yeah Yeah, I can for me, spirituality, I feel, is the journey of discovering the self and the way that you in your entirety relate to the world you're in. And I feel like it is an ongoing process. I don't think there is an end. I think it is an it's an an ever evolving um, experience. And I think that it is kind of allowing you to reflect and see what your place is in in the universe it it gives you the answers to that or helps you to understand where your place is and i think that usually a spiritual path is instigated by someone feeling like they don't know yet 
I love that idea of your place in the universe. Oh my gosh, it's just, oh, that's like like biting into a juicy apple here. Um, mm-hmm. the, the notion of like, what's your place in the universe? Mm-hmm. It, it's, oh, that's the spiritual path because it's gonna change. I don't wanna say too much on this because I almost want people to just discover it on their own, but that's not why you asked me here. It's to go and say these things. But like, mm. I want people to, to dive, like take a second and think about that. What is your place in the universe? Mm-hmm. What is your relationship to the universe? I think that's part of it too. And what I am really kind of grappling at here and what I like is that it's all of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we start to say, oh, but I fit better here. Yeah, you do. You do. And that's great. And I like that people fit good in one spot. And then you start to fit in another spot. And then you start to discover more. And next thing you know, the universe became you. And you became the universe. And where was there a place to be? Mm. But that's like so distant for some people to kind of think about and grasp. And that's okay. But it happens along the way. Eventually you arrive there one day. And it's a... It's a new relationship. Definitely an evolving relationship, I think. I don't think there is a place where you feel settled. I think as you evolve, your relationship with the universe evolves and there's always something else to discover. There's a phrase that's used in um, yogic studies. I don't know if it's used elsewhere too, um, but it says that uh, the divine is ever-changing. And I like that because that means your relationship is always different. That every time you turn to the divine, Mm. whatever that is, a spirit, source, God, um, divine mother, heavenly, I don't care how you say it. Um, But whenever you turn to that, like don't expect to have the same conversation again because it's ever new and always changing. Um, Infinite creative possibilities that we can't even necessarily fathom how creative it is compared to us. I mean, look what it created. That's a lot. Uh, So in that sense, it's this idea of like, your spiritual path is going to always be surprising you. And when we try to become fixed and rigid, Mm. you're no longer in a spiritual path, you're in a compression path. I mean, of course, that'll lead you to new realizations, but um, yeah, it's that opening up. It's that being receptive to a relationship. It is. It's definitely a relationship with the world around you and with yourself. And And with the self. And with the self, yeah. And it's um, interesting because it's, it's kind of essentially curiosity, isn't it? The curiosity of you, the curiosity of the things around you. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's really, it's very simple. I mean, we can make it as complicated as we want to, and it can get that way sometimes, but it's really simple. It's very childlike, in fact. That's what I was taught in a lot of my studies and the teachings I was part of um, was that it's always simple. The divine is simple. Everything else is complex. Mm. Um, I like that. That's a good reminder. Mm -hmm. Mm. Definitely. So when did your spiritual journey start? I hate this question. That Um. quote unquote (laughs) journey. What do you think about that? Um, Okay, let's talk about why I have such resistance. I mean, if you're going to hear this resistance, I should explain it. I have resistance to this because I hate talking about my own path and growth. Um, I feel there is a lot of rejection that I myself have gone through, that other people I know have gone through. Um, It is a type of bias and prejudice that exists that people don't talk about, that for one to be a spiritual person, you face a lot of prejudice against it because this world isn't always accepting of that. Why do you Um, think that is? Because it doesn't fit into a box and people like boxes. Why do you think that people want to fit that into a box? Because it's scary. Mm. When you can't explain something, when you can't control something, when you can't understand something, Mm -hmm. it is scary. And a lot of people don't want to invest the time and effort. Personal investment, personal discoveries. Because you you can't use words. We talked about that earlier. You have to experience yourself. They don't want to put in the effort. So they're like, this is terrifying. Can't understand it. I can't control this. I need this to go away. Um, and they become fearful of what's happening in front of them. And I think that that's where a lot of that rejection comes in. So there's a little bit of a stemming from that that makes me nervous to talk about it. The other thing that's really making me nervous to talk about it is that I was kind of trained not to. Um, I do come from a very formal spiritual training in an informal way. Um, I talked about it last time we were together, but I'll recap for uh, new listeners. But um, 
I, I did live in India. I trained in a ashram, I, so it's like a temple. Um, I lived with monks. I, I was training to be a monk. Um, it was of yogic philosophy, of non-denominational yogic philosophy, so it wasn't part of any one religion. Um, it was really a combination or crossover of, of all major religions, plus one's own journey and path. Um, and we're encouraged not to speak about that personal journey because you're trying to remove the ego. So being here, just talking about like, oh, this is what I did. This was my path. This was my journey. Yeah, I was there for it and I went on that. But to keep reinforcing that, there's it's like a double-edged sword. Um, we can talk about that some other time, but it makes me apprehensive. Um, and that, that's why I'm having such like a visceral reaction to this question mm. that I'm willing to answer. <laughs> Yay. He's willing to make an exception for us, and that's a big deal, actually. Yeah, I'm expecting the same back from you, though. This is going to go both ways. You're going to have to share some of your path if I'm going to share Gosh, some of my path. Gosh, yeah. Right? I See mean, it? it is Miss Spirituality, so might as well. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> um, get to know who she is. I know some of her backstory, but I'll let her share her own backstory. And I'll share People my. are tired of hearing my backstory, so. Do they know so much already? I mean, I maybe not the listeners, but my friends are. Oh my <laughs> um, no, but we've heard we've heard glimpses of your stories throughout your other uh, your other episodes. Mm. Um, my my journey. You asked when did it start? Yes, and let's just let's just clarify. Let's clarify what that means. When did it start? Okay. Um, I have a very non-conventional story. Um, my spiritual journey began when I was four. Um, that's early. Uh, I understand that. But my spiritual journey began because at four, um, I had a series of dreams where I regained several past lives. And that is atypical, but whatever, we're getting past that. So, um, so I recalled a few different past lives, um, and I was already connecting with spirit guides. Um, that, that's where I kind of jumped in. Um, when you say spirit guides, what uh, does that mean? I think spirit guides in, in this case, um, some of one's own past life can actually carry forward and be their own spirit guide. Uh, they can be a reoccurring player or character. Um, depending on one's past life, they might have different forms. For me, some of my spirit guides were in the form of animals, which was interesting. Um, some of my spirit guides were in ethereal forms. Some mm. of them were of human lifetimes of the past. Mm. Um, so for me, that was kind of how I connected. And by the time I was six, I started picking up my own meditation practices, which at the time I didn't have a term for meditation. That wasn't really a concept. Mm. But it was sitting and concentrating and clearing the mind to be as still as possible to see and tap into what was behind the thoughts, to what was going on behind the scenes of the mind, to be as diligent about stilling that, which is an interesting process to, to attempt to do, but it fascinated me and I, I would spend a lot of time with that. Um, by the time I was eight, I actually took my first vow. Um, and it was a vow to never forget what was taking place. I was terrified looking at the people around me being like, how did y'all forget all this? Mm. How did you stop remembering the richness and the depth and the reality of what was taking place? When did the blinders get put on? And I thought, no, it's not happening. And mm. that I would say was probably the start of my spiritual path. Wow. That's when you sit there and you say, I am putting my foot down and I'm going to say, from here forward, I shall not allow myself to forget this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Gil, did you, did you have moments like this too? I had a very interesting, I mean, um, relationship with spirituality before, again, before I knew that it was spirituality. Mm -hmm. From a very young age, me personally, I just had these thoughts and memories of... I guess situations that I was too young to understand or know there were just certain phrases that I remembered before I could speak and one of the phrases that would repeat in my head was don't don't forget and I don't know why um, I thought that I think I was probably under one years old maybe one because I remember I could barely walk and I had diapers on <laughs> Um, but there was just weird things that 
I recall, and you know, as you get older, you start to question if you're remembering these things correctly. But the way my brain took in information, I was like a very old soul and I had known things before I really should have. And um, that's a weird thing about it too. And I find that when you're a child, you don't realize you should know these things. Or that this isn't a normal thing because yeah. you don't you don't know much about the world. So when you're a child, you're like, "This is normal, right?" And then later on, people in your life are like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, I yeah, mean, it's not normal. And like not being able to communicate was very frustrating to me. Like almost as if I expected to be able to say words. And um, let me think. Yeah, I think those things were... There's a few instances where I feel like there's just things that were unexplainable, but I didn't realize they were unique. Um, they were unique at all. And I, I remember um, an interesting experience was a little later on, I think I was probably about four, where I had that like self-recognition, I guess looking in the mirror for the first time and looking at myself and realizing I was in my body and I had like a like a panic like I freaked out like I I started to like have this spiral of thoughts and I was really young but I started to almost like feel claustrophobic all of a sudden I was like I'm in this body I can't get out of this body and at first it didn't come out that way I was just like looking at myself and I'm like I'm in there I'm in there I can't get out of here I, I can't, no one, no one can see or think the way I do. I'm stuck in here. And it just went into this weird, like existential crisis of like, oh my God, I'm stuck in here for real. And it was such a weird experience for a child to have, but I started to feel panicked and I started like hyperventilating. That's a really extreme reaction. It was a weird reaction. I know kids go through that process of recognizing themselves in the mirror. But I don't know if kids go through that process of feeling trapped in their body in the mirror. I mean, it's interesting telling our stories in tandem. I don't think we've ever actually done this in this way. Um, and what's interesting to me here is that we both mentioned started around the age of four. Mm. And that's when we started to recognize self. Yeah. Um, and I actually went through not that reaction, but I went through a similar experience of like, I didn't, I didn't associate into the body was like I'm in this body mm. and it was always like I this I did wasn't me mm -hmm. um but it was there and I was inside of it and it was always confused like how do you get out of this yeah like and it was I didn't understand the idea of like I'm sorry I'm having a hard time putting words to this but it, I didn't understand the concept of why I couldn't get out of the body mm. why was it so why were you stuck it was very confusing to me. Yeah, I find that very interesting. And I, I don't know, maybe listeners have had a similar experience that they can share. But it was interesting, I think. I think that what how it affected me and I think that the emotion I experienced that was the most, I guess, complex and unnerving is I felt alone like in that realization that no one could experience what I was experiencing in the way that I was experiencing, that no one could look out of my eyes or feel the feelings I felt, I was alone. And that shook me like as a child. And I think that's such a weird, complex emotion to have that no one would ever, until I wasn't in this body anymore, no one would ever understand me. And I could not share with them the way that I, I guess, I don't know why I thought that was weird or unique. This is actually a moment where I'd like to comment actually directly to the listeners. Mm. If you are for the first time going through the experience where you are feeling like the body isn't you and you are looking at this like I am alone, why don't people get this? Mm. You have two people sitting here with you right now. Definitely. And if you feel like I am talking directly to you, I am. Yes. You're not as alone as you think. You're in a situation that's invisible. You can't see on the surface of a person's body, mm. through their ethnicity, through their gender, or through any other means that this is taking place. And people try their hardest sometimes to hide this mm. because they can be afraid. And what I would like to encourage you right now is to know that even if you have fear there, you have people supporting you, with you, 
and more so let's see you absolutely that's well said and that's a wonderful reminder because i think that that is the purpose of this is to share that and really connect with everybody i mean uh, like you i also went through weird meditative states um me and my sisters have like interesting experiences which i think is kind of unique to go through these experiences alongside your siblings but um i spent a lot of time alone during a portion of my childhood and i i don't know i think it initiated something it what i've read about is that when you're a child and you've been through certain experiences you can go through a third eye awakening early um unfortunately sometimes it can be traumatic experiences or sometimes you are coming in with a great deal of knowledge and it is a a, a shell shock for you like to be placed in a world like this and feel everything that you're feeling and i think that what we're like you you kind of are um i guess directly referring to this is what a spiritual awakening can feel like for people it is shocking when all of a sudden you feel like you're realizing all these things that have always been there and you don't know how to experience it's very very um intense that's that's true um there was something you said earlier that i want to comment into really quick um that sometimes the spiritual experience can be expansive and detaching you become mm -hmm. detached you let go and then you experience everything that'd be considered it's a negative form of concentration the negative form of experience um negative does not mean bad it means the removal the letting go the absence of mm -hmm. so trauma is a major inducer of the negative experience of spirituality which yeah. in some cases sounds bad because um, I'm using the word negative and maybe there's a reason for that but um, it's that absence of and that can cause that you can also come to spirituality through great bouts of definitely love. I don't think we're there in our civilization for that to be the dominant means yet I could we're be wrong, we're but... trying to change that now yes. I think and we I think there was that polarity that we talked about like that living in contrast in order to really understand things so you must live both dualities in order to really fully understand something you must live the positive and negative to embody it and what i think we're shifting in which we've had a conversation about before is the gray zone where it's all of that at once so you don't have to go so far into the the negative or so far into the positive that there's actually a way of embodying everything and understanding everything right down the middle but it it requires you not rejecting anything. And I would love to do a talk with you sometime or discuss uh, on the side or whatever about the middle path. I, right now, I'm trying to catch my own tendencies. Part of the spiritual awakening process and the spiritual path is to know one's tendencies. Mm. I would be so much more comfortable talking about these side topics and diverting away from the, the real question here of our personal spiritual journeys, but mm. I'm going to call myself right here and say, I know that this would be me derailing it to avoid something I don't want to go into, so let's not avoid that. Let's walk right into it. Um, so in terms of that spiritual journey, we both kind of got ourselves up to... We experienced a lot of stuff <laughs> and right. early, very early on, for we sure. Did. We did. And, you know, I kind of said in my story that I put my foot down to age eight, yeah. where I said, that is it. I will not forget. I won't. This is done. And you also said there was a point where you also consciously made the choice to say, I won't forget. Um, but I think that uh, to address that, that was uh, something that was repeated in my mind early on. I didn't consciously choose it until much later, but I... It was happening from an early age into my young adulthood yeah and i think that you know sometimes i feel like our family influences how we relate to spirituality i did grow up with some you know catholic background but my family wasn't one way or another we have a lot of indigenous culture in there we have a lot of like many different belief systems so it wasn't one dogmatic way of believing um i'm thankful for that so but i don't think i chose that path until much later on at right. least officially yeah i mean i would i would also i was also raised in a catholic-ish family mm. um i don't think that religion was really talked about in our home so to say it was a catholic it was a catholic family lineage 
it was being passed down as like a dogmatic way of passing something down. Um, so it was a little bit different and going to religious education based courses, um, gosh, those taught almost nothing. Um, and I, I didn't feel like the people who were teaching them were really living something that inspired me. And maybe for other people, they're finding your inspiration there. I didn't have role models or teachers that I was like, wow, that's how I want to be. Mm. Um, and I think that that's what all these paths are about is finding people you can resonate with. And I didn't have and, that. And not to downplay religion, it works certain. There's lots of people who find their spiritual awakening through religious, you know. Some people are very fortunate. They're yeah. born into a family that has a religious practice that's right for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I found out significantly later, jumping ahead, I don't want to do this too much. I found out significantly later that the connection that worked for me best, if I go to religion, not philosophy, yoga is a philosophy, um, but if I go to religion, which is dogmatic, yeah, I love Hinduism mm. and I love Buddhism. Um, I don't know. I mean, I kind of know, but like Hinduism is amazing. Um, I couldn't say I'm a Hindu, yeah, but at the same time, like if I were born in a Hindu family, I might have like been like, this is it. This is great. Definitely. And and everybody finds their way of connecting to their spirit, their soul, and whatever they believe in, in their own unique ways. And, you know, for me, I, I did find some, some information through the religion that I was exposed to at a young age. You know, there were some stories. There was Jesus. I thought he was a swell guy. Like, He's there so was, swell. yeah, just the way he was. And... I just didn't, as I talked about previously, did not take, because I had lived a lot of life and a lot of trauma in my my childhood that awoke me to, it kind of made me lose some of that innocence, I guess, in some ways that, you know, there's just bad and good. I've seen a lot of things. And I think, interestingly, going into um, religion, I saw characters that were trying to, I guess, portray what a good person looked like and I was on board with like yeah why I just I was confused with a lot of human behaviors and I say that because that's how I've always talked about it as a child I was in this like intense state of observation I'm like why do people do this and I did feel different and I didn't understand why people would hurt each other I didn't get why people didn't understand that they shouldn't do certain things I I was like completely shocked and i was like what's going on what's what is this it's funny i mean people confuse me they do confuse me humans confuse me (laughs) i confuse me also and i'm a human yes quote unquote Um, so let's let's progress (laughs) the story um after eight putting a foot down and saying i'm gonna go forward um i studied i started studying i would try to go to the library try to find books and resources um I had no idea what to look up. I had no direction. Mm. Um, I dabbled. Uh, I was curious about witchcraft, what that was all about. Um, That ended up being interesting, but um, I didn't really stick for me. Um, At one point, I think my family accused me of Satan worship, which I was really confused by because I didn't know witchcraft had any association really with Satanism. And I, to this day, will tell you, I still don't think it does. I actually think that that's a slightly separate thing that you can opt in or opt out of. That's a different Um, form of religion. That is, that is a different thing. Satanism is its own religion. That's true. That very is true. Um, And... Anyway, so I wasn't practicing that. Um, Wasn't right for me. Uh, And... Here was the catch though, and here's why that stuck. Um, and I will not go into detail on this one. Um, spiritual abilities start to manifest at a certain point. And in my life, they manifested very early. Mm. Um, and as I went through middle school and late elementary school, different abilities were showing up. Um, as I got into early high school, the number of spiritual experiences and abilities and things that I was seeing on a daily basis were completely out of control. Um, <laughs> Do you want to give us an example of no. maybe some abilities <laughs> that showed up for you? No, I don't. Um, but <laughs> I, I, will, um, I will humor you with uh, a concept that some people might struggle with. Mm. Um, one, one area that can become a challenge is if you are somebody who can see spirits or hear spirits. Mm. Um, I don't know if 
that counts as an ability. I mean, man, I don't we know. go into the in the, our previous episode, so you can listen to that one. We go into some clear um, senses, which can be seen as abilities as well. Okay, so we're gonna put this in a borderline <laughs> ability. They're, they're calling it an ability. We're gonna call it an ability. Um, I could see spirits, um, and over time, it became very vivid. Mm-hmm. Clairvoyance. Sure. Um, and. It was a bit terrifying. Um, it was terrifying because first you think, oh no, wait, that's not there. Let's, that's not, it must not be there. Let's pretend it's not there. And then you start getting bruises and cuts and things blowing up around you. And you're like, okay, oh things are exploding. That next sounds to me. intense. It's terrifying. <laughs> and without having somebody there to guide and explain like what's going on, like I was sitting there like, okay, point to self. Don't look a demon in the eyes. Don't look a ghost in the eyes. They know you can see them. And that was kind of my mindset. Yeah. And it caused a lot of fear. Yeah. A lot of fear. And I learned to overcome that later on and how to deal with it. But um, in this part of my journey, it was a lot of fear very often um, because the interaction with spirits was um, sometimes peaceful and sometimes straight up violent. Um, Did you tell people when you were younger that you were experiencing these things? uh, As I said, my uh, parents were accusing me of Satanism. (laughs) And um, my other, my grandma was kind of supportive of it, which was nice. I had a cousin that I could talk to about it. Um, My cousin also was having similar, not as, maybe not as extreme, but similar experiences. And that helped. Um, I made a couple friends who had similar experiences, but my experiences were very... It was, it was a lot for me to, to, to take on. And at a certain point, people say, how did you become interested in spirituality? It wasn't an option. Hmm. At a certain point, you're like, well, this is happening. How do I deal with it? Yeah. You know? Um, There's a whole nother world out there. And that's really what propels it forward. Eventually, you're just kind of like, how do I control this? Aside from just the experience I told you about, um, other ones I'm not telling you about, you start going to... How do I control this so this isn't just flaring up on its own? How do I control these abilities so they don't do any damage, they don't do any harm? Mm. Um, and that was a big one for me early on. I think uh, knowing your personality, you talk for yourself. But um, <laughs> for me, very early on, I realized that some of these abilities could do um, a lot of harm to people. Hmm. And it wasn't very difficult to... Um, un- unintentionally or more so intentionally actually hurt somebody or cause some sort of problems um, and I made a very fast vow the first time I saw any sign of that I was like that's done this is never going to happen again I sealed that locked it away and was like we aren't I'm not going down that path mm. I will never ever resort to that um, you know I think the first time that ever came up as even being possible it was more like a curiosity and as soon as I saw that it was functioning in a way that could actually do harm. I was like, oh my gosh, that's not a curiosity. That's that's a problem. Mm. And I learned to fear myself. Yeah, I mean, it's terrifying for especially a, a young child or adolescent to not understand what they're experiencing, but then have no one believe them and really don't have any reference right. to kind of... I guess get control over it or just even know what was happening whether it was good or bad i mean it's a very scary it is and i think the idea of other people not believing that's a tough one because it wasn't they didn't believe they watched it happen in front of them Mm. and as they watched these things happen again and again they weren't there wasn't first this idea of admiration and then quickly admiration turns into fear like we talked about earlier people tend to fear things they don't understand that they can't control and once I saw people around me becoming afraid of me or becoming afraid of what could be done or afraid of reality itself, you learn to hide things. Um, and I will say, like, as somebody who is a gay man, uh, I've had to, like, a large portion of my life, I tried to hide my own sexuality. Mm. And in the same way, I feel like I had to hide my spirituality. Yeah. They're very similar, invisible things that you try to keep hidden away, but you can't they're People very pick up on it they're very vulnerable parts of you so much so and so personal yeah mm-hmm. wow that's intense can can i venture that question back to you do you did you have your own experiences where different abilities started to manifest and you had to learn to confront it um yes i i talk a little bit on that um back and forth i've had a, a series of abilities show up or what we called the clear abilities i think again referring back to the podcast before where we go into it um but i was very fortunate to grow up um 
in a family that was very accepting of spirituality. And we just accepted that as part of the human experience. It wasn't seen as different. And it probably has a lot to do with coming from a long lineage of healers and people like my grandfather was Mayan, my my uh, great grandmother was Mayan and she was a healer and she had just this knowledge of dealing with herbs and spirits and and maybe it's like a cultural thing like we believe they exist there was never a, a question and so um, my aunt is very sensitive she has um, all kinds of abilities so I guess growing up um, I don't think that they were necessarily impressed upon us but when we would talk about them it was just casual talk like oh you saw a ghost oh yeah yeah I saw a little ghost and there was a little girl ghost that lives in this house and she walks by and for a while you know as a kid you're like yeah yeah you know the old grandparents that are superstitious or whatever until we all experienced them and there were um, some experiences that we've all had um, all meaning my whole entire family had experienced together so we couldn't deny them and there are experiences I've had as an individual and I've heard voices um, have had I don't know if they're ghosts or entities whisper in my ear I've had I've seen the shadow people I've seen ghosts just peek through the door I just intuitively know things that I'll tell people um, I've had dreams um, where I get a lot of messages through my dreams. I energetically heal, so we that always existed for me is the ability to do some energy work. Um, I've had experiences with angels. Um, two series, two events where like when I was really young, they came to me um, during a very traumatic time where I was just like really upset and revealed to me some information. Um, yeah, I've seen it rain in my kitchen. I've seen lights in the middle of the room flash and explode. Um, whether or not I, I don't think I initiated anything. We learned kind of the rules. I think I personally knew there was a set of rules that you weren't allowed to um, engage with. It's an interesting thing that when you develop certain abilities, um, you intuitively learn rules that go with it. I yeah. don't know how to explain that, but wouldn't you agree that somehow, as soon as you develop a new ability, you know what you can and can't do with it? Like, I don't know where that comes from, but you just know. I think it comes from many places. Uh, some of my information came from the knowledge my mom passed down to me. I'm well-versed and was very curious about many different other cultures and religions, including, I guess, um, some of the crafts, I guess, uh, but there's just a, it really all connects back to nature. And I think that's what was my takeaway is once you learn the laws of nature and you embody and you get into a flow with that, all these abilities and all these experiences you realize are no more than what you experience on a day to day. I think there's just untapped, um, abilities that we have that we just haven't gotten comfortable with accepting right yeah um one thing i do want to point out for listeners if you are listening and you are somebody who is going through moments where you have abilities that you are experiencing um ghosts or beings or entities or whatever you want to call them and they are causing fear for you Mm. um i do feel the responsibility to share with you what to do about that Mm. um i just think it'd be irresponsible to tell these stories and not leave people in a good place um if that does happen, uh, there is a concept of vibrational rates of beings and entities, especially those which are uh, disembodied. Mm. Um, disembodied doesn't mean bad, it can be good or bad, but they're, they're not physically materialized. Um, they function on vibrational rates. If you have a high vibration, gratitude, love, compassion, friendship. Um, it works kind of like a fish out of water where uh, birds can exist in the air, fish can breathe underwater. Um, You can't take a fish out of the water and expect it to breathe. Uh, A higher vibrational being usually will function very well in a high vibrational rate of gratitude. A lower being that may be causing some of this fear for you exists in a space of fear, of anger, of sadness, of depression, of loneliness. Um, 
as you have negative emotions, uh, negative feelings, negative intentions coming about, uh, you're much more likely to pull these different entities to you. If you raise your vibrational rate by offering that entity friendship, love, kindness, you start just thinking about those who you love and care about and you start rating that outward. If you have nobody you love and care about, and one, I'm sorry that this is the situation you're in, I recognize that can be a reality and that can be very hard. Mm. Try to switch to a place of gratitude. Gratitude for anything at all you can possibly come up with. And radiate that sense of gratitude. You will be in a peaceful place then that people, uh, that these entities cannot harm you. And So if you're afraid, please, please take that advice. And disclaimer, that does not mean to invite when you are talking about like showing love and appreciation and all that and friendliness. That does not mean invite entities to you that does not mean welcome them that does not mean take out a ouija board um people sometimes take these things out of context so that does not mean invite things that you don't know or you feel like you're curious about i feel like if you're not well versed and you don't have an expert with you do not initiate any invitations that really does leave you vulnerable so do not do that I completely agree with that <laughs> disclaimer. Um, so let's let's progress the stories. Cause I think um, time-wise, like we should just keep this moving along here. I don't know where we're at, but um, so just to, to kind of go forward, um, we went through the beginning of phases, but where did this turn good? Uh, if I can just do that really quick here. Um, yeah, let's hear it. I lost um, I lost everything that was important to me in my life. Mm. I got to a point where I lost a five-year relationship um somebody in my life that i considered my own mother had passed away um my dream career and job that i had worked so hard for in being a designer um, i lost all interest in in having that as a career because i realized i was feeding into people's um desire to consume things that they never needed um and everything was kind of crumbling i had depression that was crippling at that point yeah. Um, and at the hardest moment where my foundation broke, I came across my own guru's teachings and re-emerged into the path through my guru's teachings. Um, I studied under Paramahansa Yogananda um, in his teachings, um, which go through self-realization fellowship. And I dedicated myself wholeheartedly to that. I mean, like wholeheartedly followed it to the T the best I could mm. um, and practiced it in my own life because it matched everything I already believed in. I didn't see this and say, oh yeah, this is somebody else's belief. I said, my gosh, these are my own beliefs. Why is somebody else writing my belief system that I've never communicated or shared? Yeah. And that's how you know it's right for you. So I followed it through. Mm. I found more peace, more bliss, more joy. I don't have words for it. Um, the amount of love that was experienced at different moments on this path would literally break me down into tears because my body didn't know how to house such intense, beautiful emotions. Um, and that's really kind of where my journey began. Blossomed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think that my journey was, it was, I think, um, it was around 2009 where I officially recognized um, something was happening. And I think that the beginning story of when you, um, started to realize that you were um, drawn to this path, it starts the same, where you lose everything. You hit rock bottom, and uh, I've had the same experience. I had always had a curiosity and was always drawn to, like as we talked about spirituality and, and all the different facets to that, but it really impacted me, and I consciously made a decision when I was in a situation that was toxic for me, my marriage was falling apart. Um, I was in a job I really did not like. I was just doing it because it felt like what I needed to do. I was depressed and miserable and alone. And I was dealing with trauma. And as my marriage fell apart and everything I thought I could have fell apart, I had nothing left and I had gone through so much I didn't feel like I could continue and for me I guess uh, there was a point where I didn't know what I could do to change that and I wanted to change that and I hit rock bottom and then something happened where I was 
I turned back inwards and something spoke to me on um, in it spoke into my consciousness and I uh, I realized I needed to make a change and I needed to go towards what had always felt like was right for me and then yeah I was drawn to the teachings that you shared with me actually um, the yoga and the teachings but also a couple of other things opened up for me and it just became this beautiful journey of self-discovery and it was more moving into myself and my truth than anything else and I my whole world changed my whole life changed and my perspective and relationship with the world around me changed and I mean I guess that really answers the question because the question was when did the spiritual journey start and if we're talking starts like congratulations you have met the start if you want to hear more of that journey that's another talk (laughs) yeah okay so um let's move on to the last question how do you feel about it now how do you feel about spirituality in comparison to when you first started how do you feel about your spiritual path now um that's really interesting. Um, I I almost don't have one anymore. Um, the, there's no separation of any of it anymore. Um, for me, I'm always now one foot on both sides of the existing world and the non-existing world. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking the idea of one foot with the spirit, the realm of like spirit spirits that are meandering, walking around the disembodied. I, I mean, the consciousness is always seeing a big picture now. And at the same time, living the everyday life. Um, I think now, looking back on it, it was a huge struggle. It was a lot of hardships, but there was a lot of lessons that needed to be learned because eventually I had to remove taboo. I had to not remove my morals, but I had to remove judgment. Hmm. Judgment that was of the self, judgment of others. I had to remove the idea, some people would say of likes and dislikes, but um, I think it's more so um, acceptance or appreciation, um, things you would reject or accept. Uh, so rather than likes or dislikes, the idea of you could accept things as they are. So I think that the journey is tumultuous because it needs to uproot so many things and there's this notion of like well what are you going to fill it with don't it's okay to be empty Mm. it's okay to start to get lost it's okay to hover above the conscious experience instead of having to always be in it Mm. Um, I feel that now looking back at it It almost feels like it never existed. And I know I took part in it, I just told the whole story, but at the same time, at this point, I almost feel like there is no time, there is no space, and almost all of it happens constantly, all at once, everything. Mm. And when stepping in and out of that notion of, I can tell you this in a chronological order, but then experience the entire motion, the entirety of it, as one single moment that doesn't end, I don't want to get your head around that one. A moment that doesn't end, but it's a single moment. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, but when you're in that experience, it dissolves. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what it feels like now. It feels like the most wonderful emptiness. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That's amazing. How does it feel for you now? Um... It's changed for me. I think at the beginning I thought I was looking for something. Um, Things to learn and things to fill myself. To be something different. But I think that I have learned humbleness through this journey. And I feel different now. I feel I don't know anything. But I've learned so much about myself. And I think it's a constant journey. And... I, I feel that spirituality is an adventure 
it's a process of uncovering and it's a process of unification and I think that will continue to change and transform as I continue on my journey absolutely we said it earlier and just repeat it again uh, it's ever new mm. it's ever new even if everything is all at once it is still ever new exactly all right i think that wraps up today's show thank you for joining us again kevin that was an amazing talk this was a beautiful conversation a very vulnerable conversation Mm, and thanks for being vulnerable and having this conversation with us you create a safe space and i appreciate that thank you well thanks you everybody for joining us and we will see you next time bye bye